Hello, this is Sasha, and this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a guest or guests to talk about something that's underrated in pop culture. Joining us today, she's an actress and improviser, trained in Chicago, and has appeared on such shows as The Real O'Neills, Hello Ladies, and Community. And she loves volunteering with young storytellers and kit crusaders. And he is a comedy writer who most recently has written on Let's Get Physical and The Misery Index, as well as punch-ups on the recent film Fighting With My Family. He also plays recreational league baseball. And his team keeps on winning, I think, championships. He can tell us more about that. And he loves his three kitties, Musi, Bunny Penny, and Gretel. Welcome Tracy Meyer and Howie Kramer. Hi. Hello. Hello, guys. <laughs> so good to have you back. I mean, what a treat. What a treat. Yeah. We're happy to be back. Yeah. And also on that little recreational baseball, Howie has called it his career at different times through his life. <laughs> and he's like, my baseball career. I'm like, um, it's a rec league, bro. You never know. <laughs> Is it the same like the improv careers that we yeah. all have? Yeah. <laughs> that you we never, all don't get paid for. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I'm holding out hope. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Guys, so what are you here to talk about? We are here to talk about uh, one of our favorite shows that none of our friends have watched. And it's on Cinemax. And it's called CB Strike. Also known as Strike, I believe, right? Yes. In, yes. In, uh, I believe in the UK it's called Strike. And, and I Russia. guess when I, yeah, and in Russia, Russia yes, just so you and know. in Russia, yeah. oh, in Europe, yeah. we should say. Well, it's and part Asia, of Asia, Russia, yeah, yes. <laughs> Asia. I knew that. <laughs> so who, what is the show? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, <clears throat> when we appeared on your podcast before, we talked about our, one of our favorite shows called Strike Back, and that's <laughs> also on Cinemax. It just ended. The last season was awesome, and I just okay. was so like, oh, my show is over. Well, while we were watching Strike Back a couple years ago, they, of course, always advertise different shows on Cinemax, which none of our friends watch Cinemax shows. And um, it said CB Strike, and it just looked right up our alley. And we were like, oh, we have to jump on this show because it's very much like a Sherlock Holmes sort of show. Yeah, it's kind of and like Watson we watch and a lot of those. But what was okay. cool about it was that it's written by this person, Robert Galbraith, who is really J.K. Rowling. So, so J.K. Rowling wrote these three books under this fake name and then made a TV show about it because she wanted to keep all her other writings separate. So I was like, "Are you Sherlock's my favorite character of all the characters that there's ever been. And detective shows, we love them. And it's on, uh, and it was J.K. Rowling. So we were like, we're in. Or we'll watch it. So obviously you're Harry Potter fans like myself, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's there. And then you're saying like you big like whodunit fans, right? Yeah. Yes. I love detective shows. I grew yeah. up watching Law & Order uh, with my parents all the time. And the fact that Law & Order SVU is in like the 22nd or something season. And then um, it's kind of like what I always watched as a family were all these detective shows. My dad was an attorney, and I think it was just something that he enjoyed to watch. My mom loved any I detective shows. I even liked shows. the Nancy Drew books as a kid. Like mystery, Those were good. Mystery yeah. books, yeah. 
my uh, sister had all the choose your own adventure books, so I would read those. But yeah, it's it's just a it's a really well done show. We and like it's totally it different than Strike Back. Yes. <laughs> right. For the sake of this podcast, we'll try to make as little a connection between the <laughs> we don't get everybody completely lost. Speaking of mystery shows, like or just mystery genre, I remember like growing up and just loving Agatha Christie's like mm -hmm. books. Like I've read like all of them. Like I think there's like eighty five of them or something yeah. insane. And I've read all of them, and I was so obsessed with that genre at the time. And you know, in general, in general, I feel like the British people just love that genre. It's like they, I mean, it's like close to their yeah, heart. Yeah, like it's because it's part of their lore. It's part of, you think of British culture, you think of Shakespeare, Sherlock Holmes, and Fish and Chips. Like that's... <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe are mentioned in the first season yes. of yes. the show. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I did watch the whole season, which of course is only three episodes, but which I think they're like 15 minutes each. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like an hour. So yeah. I watched. So the reason this show fits the podcast is because of course nobody has seen it in America. Is that the case in your experience? I mean, we have a lot of friends, we think, and none of them have watched <laughs> that it. Way. None of them have watched it. We like, are. not even friends. We just know people. We'll mention shows <laughs> right. and people are like, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. And, they, and, they, and then we like say it's on Cinemax and they're like, then they think we're weird, but it's really, there's, I, I don't think there's any, like, nudity on it at all. There's no nudity. Uh, Except for, like, episodes, zero. Yeah, in one of the episodes it says there is nudity, but I think it might just be a flash Someone's of a dead leg or something. body yeah. or something. That's true. It was almost, like, disappointing how, like, Cinemax just didn't take any of the, Yeah, they were know, not the on brand. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into the season one. Who are these two main characters that we're talking about? Uh, the, like, yeah. the main character, <clears throat> well, we have two, right. but I his name is right. Cormoran, Cormoran Strike. Strike. And, and his, his middle name is, is Blue. Blue, yeah. And you find that out later. Later. Um, but he's not CB. in season one. Not in season uh, one. Maybe, maybe in maybe. season one, because they say she finds out why uh, his middle name what the B is. Robin. Robin is pretty much so the he, Holmes character. He's like sure, yeah. He's like uh, Robin's like Watson, and she, that's what I meant. And, and he's like Sherlock, kind of. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's like Sherlock, and she's the Watson. And essentially, you have this curmudgeonly um, mm -hmm. post-war vet, curmudgeonly but endearing, but very endearing and charming. Uh, he has lost his leg in battle, saving. Um, pretty his much people, his, his his crew, yeah. like he pushes a guy out of a, a bomb and um, loses his leg in that, and you see that in flashbacks. Because he deduced yes. that there was something, something was up yeah. on their mission, and so oh. so it's it's not just like a random thing. They bring it into the story of his character, and then a temp arrives to be his kind of bookkeeper. Um, in the first episode, he needs a temporary uh, assistant. She's hot, but like dressed down. Yeah. yeah, it's she's she's wonderful actress. I think she only gets better too. And she's then, a very strong actress, and there were times when I was like almost creeped out by it, like how <laughs> almost like good she is, because like like you see her thoughts, and she has a lot of opinions about other people, and a lot of times you're like she's judging them, and like. It's amazing that her face can portray those yep. details. Yes. Like, and it really, it's, she it's gets strong. And by season three, she's really strong actress. And, and like, do they the hook character. up or not is the big question. Do they, they hook up? They well, do. that's what's beautiful about Watson and not. Holmes. 
they have a, a love for each other. It's a love for each other that's not, that's not like romantic. a sexual romantic love. It's which something is that akin to Elementary, which is a CBS another show, show that we that like. is Holmes and Watson. Next episode, guys, save yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> which no one watched on CBS, but seven we years, <laughs> wonderful show, Lucy Liu. Yeah, so it's not the case of the Bruce Willis. What what was that? Is it Moonlighting? Moonlighting, maybe. Yeah, but it was like the very much sexually charged detective oh, yeah. agency. Like, 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 will they, won't they? Like, right. that, that was like the A story was always like, will they or won't they? And like, so this is never going to happen. Right? No. There's like certain like things happening, I think. Like, like he finds her attractive for sure. And even well, in season one, but. His friends, start, well, first we should say, we don't know because there is a <gasps> season four coming out this oh, wow. year. So we'll see. But uh, I don't think that they will. Yeah, I think it's like a brother-sister kind of thing. His friends certainly all like her for him, too. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. very much implied throughout the seasons. Okay, so she comes there to work as a bookkeeper and not, no big deal. And she immediately gets the sense of like how kind of like how much how much disarray his life is, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, like, and she went to college um, for... Psychology. Yeah, for psychology. Always, and so you see it in her character that this is something she's always wanted to pursue, but she did not for reasons that will come out in later seasons. And, um, yeah, and she's not just like... She didn't just randomly get a temp job. Like, I'm sure she told she the temp agency out, like, that, yeah. like, oh, this might be interesting. And, like, you know... It, Everyone's very active in the show. There's no reactions. There's no things that are happening to them that's not by their causing, you know? And it's always, like, underacted, I right. feel. It's, it's so not, small. there's no overacting or big acting. It's just, that's kind of why we also get drawn to British TV because I feel like they're not over the top. Like, I, I don't know, I just feel everyone's so grounded and believable, and these two mm -hmm. really are. The other thing, you know, this is like another British you know, obsession with royalties or just class or, mm -hmm. you know, like the hierarchy of like who belongs where in the social structure. And of course, he's just no regular boy. No. He no. is. His um, mom is like a... A famous Vera, model. A Vera, yeah, like a Vera Wang model or a Victoria's Secret model, mm -hmm. someone famous. And his dad is basically like a Mick Jagger, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like he's the son of this, one of two of the most famous people in the world. Uh, or in your, yeah, I would say the world, like in this And his, in the, and in his this mom world, had passed yeah. away um, due to kind of an overdose, yeah. but then he also blames someone, one of her second husbands, for that, which kind of comes out later in other seasons. But each season is only a few hours, so you can really whiz through all three. And you and you it's like get a long movie yeah. exactly, yeah. and they give and they drip out all the information. There's never a scene, I don't think, that's not where you're like, oh, God, so much exposition in that scene. It's just dosed yeah. out perfectly. It's, like, parsed out really well. And and it's shot really well, and it's beautiful London I mean, scenes London's or gorgeous. the countryside the country, as yeah. they drive. They have a lot of, I'm guessing there's, like, um, they're not, like, crane shots or anything. I'm sure they're on drones, yeah, and it's drones. just so pretty. The people, though, are also pretty. Uh, and I think course, that like, just the, happens to yeah. be because of the story. But the next couple seasons, they're they're regularly. Yeah. I feel but, so. Yeah, it just happens. We're in the supermodel world for <laughs> yeah. this one. Yeah, because it ties into his here. mother. So, what is this case? What is this big supermodel case that we have in season one? It's great. Uh, what is cool <laughs> is they open up with kind of uh, 
you you see the storyline of the case in one storyline and then you see Cormoran and kind of the other so you're they're kind of like side by side so you're following you're not sure how they're going to link up right away um but essentially a supermodel falls from the third story of her building and is found dead the cops are all ready to tie it up in a bow and say that she jumped and someone from her family goes out to Cormoran strike to his office and says, hey, I don't think she jumped. This was my sister. It happens to be the brother of her. And says, I'd like to um, you know, pay you to investigate this because the cops are ready to just call it a suicide. Am I going to be a dick if I tell you that I knew about then that the murderer is probably that person? Yeah. I was, you know, we, we, we rewatched it. Yeah. And I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, I wonder if she's going to know that that's the person. But if you watch two and you watch three, mm -hmm. I don't think you'll you get know. it right away. Yeah. You okay. are also in the world of stories. And so writing. Like, so, like, I would expect you to know who it is. But I don't think... I mean, listen, I think they do a good, good job to have red herrings and stuff. And who, well, who you true. think uh, it is. Working as writers has ruined television yeah. for all of us. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that's no doubt there. <laughs> I remember also, like reading Agatha Christie's books as a kid and being like, how do you, and like, I could never guess. Like I could never, you know, I was like 10 years old and I could never guess. And the two times that I was, especially in my mind was blown apart, was that when the killer himself, like it was from first like person, by first person narration, he is the one that like committed the murder. And I was like, my mind was blown apart. Like, how is it the like, he writes it, but like in a way yeah. that I never find out he's the murderer. And then this other case was where like an eight-year-old girl kills somebody like from her family. Here though, like you just see like, okay, if they're really trying to be, oh, this person probably killed her. Then you're like, that's not that person because it's going to be a surprise. And then the brother looks just creepy enough that you like. Yeah, yeah I think that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's because he looks creepy, yeah, which was what cast. pushes it over the <laughs> the edge. But I think that even if you know who it is, it's still fun to figure out yes. how he's going to figure it and out and why and why because because Cormoran knows who it is early on. Like he has his suspicions, and he like you watch him cross off the people, and then it, even though when he knows it's the person. You can't just say you're the person. You have to get the evidence to prove it. So you have to, like, find it. And so it's fun to go on that journey and, like, who's going to outwit who? The murderer I, or the or And the I Sherlock. do think the actor, although, like, maybe casting-wise, you look at him immediately and go, you look a little creepy. He plays himself so very yeah. charming. Yeah. And he's very sweet where you're like, well, maybe yep. not him. Like, then you go, well, There's enough he doubt. might look creepy, but he's so nice well, like, Why would he do it? He loved his brother. Yeah, That's why I think laymen yeah. probably are like, would get thrown for it. Yeah, laymen and women. So what is that? <laughs> There's two stories going on, right? One is the story of the case, and another is the story of, like, Robin finding her new place, really, right. and passion in this, working for this curmudgeon, like, disabled person, too? These were mentioned that he's missing, Yeah, he's, right? he's, yeah, he's got he a leg missing a leg. Off. And it just adds their their dynamic, you know. She ends up, you know, needing to drive for him a lot. You will see him physically have a difficult oh. time chasing down people. Throughout the whole um, series. He is always on the lower income side, so he's not able to, like, purchase a, a better, like... Um, yeah, but all by choice. Like, he's not posh or... 
like spending money frivol frivolously. And though his office is in the very famous Denmark Street, super fancy, it's a small office, guys. Okay? It's small. Yeah, yeah. It's small. It's and small. he sleeps in it sometimes. And he, he sleeps in it. And he, he sleeps in it in because <laughs> he was with a very, like, well-to-do socialite. Yeah, his ex-girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend, because I don't think they were married. That's the first scene. Is... And um, she's, they're breaking up for yet again a, a 15th time. Um but then later on, she does get married, and it's kind of a full-blown press where it's all over magazines and everything. She's essentially like a big to-do socialite in their city, and so he um, is always kind of a loner. Yeah. You know? So meanwhile, Robin, she is, you know, discovering this passion. She realizes this temp job is not a temp job to her, like the way she feels about it. And her boyfriend is being like in a weird way misogynist to her. Like, oh yeah, so oh. she's she's engaged to him, right? But correct. It's it was kind of like almost like reverse psychology misogyny, where like he would compliment her, right? Like this thing, neurolinguistic programming of like complimenting her in a way that like it would like attack other women, right? That, that's why it's so when great because it's J.K. Rowling. Yeah, like when she's she, a huge feminist. Yeah, so like when she. It feels bad because she's very empathetic and she empathizes a lot with the victim and she you know feels bad for how young and beautiful this girl you know who died it was he like says oh like she's too skinny like like you're much more pretty like, right because she's she oh, right so terrible and they layer in that character every character i He's feel great. is well-rounded like they give every actor enough oomph to who you are in the show and you'll see that Cormoran has helpers um, that he's, you know, kind of known through either battle back when he was serving for their country or just new on the job of private mm -hmm. investigative work. Um, he has these just well-rounded characters that help him out. But with regard to her fiance, they layer in these little subtle notes for him the first season that by the third season you, you should be him. seeing what yeah. he's doing he's still like oh yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah i think that's actually probably we'll see i can't say it yet because the series not over <laughs> but i think robin and his relationships end up it's so good for probably whatever like 98 percent of this series thus far it's so like tense and and it's so good and i wonder what's going to happen and then there's like the biggest bummer for me in the series is this one thing that happens between them. They dress this out like all three seasons and then, you know, she's got a background where she was, she had like a, an incident and she was like, not, she was like mentally unwell for a little bit. And they've been together since college. And they'll college. tell you what actually happened in the third and season. The, and so all. they've been together since college. She was young and mentally unwell. And, and the moment where she was mentally unwell, he cheats on her. And they're together. And she finds this out for the first time. And oh, in the show. In the show. Mm -hmm. And talk yeah. about... talk. That's It's the worst moment of the show. Or it's a great... Actually, the best moment of the show and the best moment for her. Because her reaction is brilliant. And, and then it turns into being the worst moment of the show. Because I don't really want her... She ends up getting back together with him. And he's got a... He's such a good, charming character. Like, in his own evil way. That he has a great... You know, for what it's worth... It's a great apology, whatever, but I wish he, she didn't. They end up getting married, and I just wish that didn't happen. Does he have an arc, like in terms of his you know, mm. character, or does he kind of always stay sketchy? He's 
he's sketchy, he's sketchy and he gets super sketchy by the third season where possessive. it's kind of possessive controlling papa bear sort of like she's a woman we must protect her she shouldn't be in this line of work yeah, that's always what, um and, and he's, he's always kind at of Com at cormoran yeah, about that and cormoran's like she's a great uh detective. you know detective she and you'll see doing. that she does get like not so much promoted as she gets to become his partner as yeah. the series comes goes on she comes into her own but we'll see this is even four so i wonder is the very last scene of the very last episode i think is is her wedding to him so it's just kind of a bummer that she would be with someone that thought so low of her and the profession that is like what she's so passionate about well if jk rowling is you know staying true to herself i think she will she will save all the relationship resolves until the very end you know yeah. and i'm yeah. only saying and judging by harry potter and there's no book that i love more i think than harry potter books and it's like all the resolves like happen at the very end where you realize that harry is going to end up with Ginny and all the right. stuff that's happening and you're like oh my god like i love this and hopefully and uh but like she really takes her time with that jk rowling and yeah the other thing that she's really good at i think is like like except for like just having big stories she also has talent in like telling small scenes like small moments Ugh. like i remember like reading harry potter there would be a lot of times like you just read like a character having like a beer and you're like that is like the most delicious yeah cozy like she's very cozy and there's a lot of coziness in her scenes like with harry potter and i think that she has those moments here like even on the screen you can sense that and a lot of them become like emotional moments too like when um Robin wants to, you know, eat miso soup. Like, that's her diet yep. thing. Yeah, like, that's one of our favorites. She doesn't love that moment. Um, like, she's on a diet for her wedding, um, which is yeah. coming up. And so they're um, working a case, and he has ju he had just been, like, wasted the night before, right? Yeah, and he picks up Chinese food. And he he's, says he's going out, and uh, he'll get her something. Uh, it... She says a miso soup. It's a miso soup day. It's something. a miso soup yeah. day. And he ends up getting this, like, you know, MSG-filled, yeah, yeah. delicious, probably, Chinese dinner. And uh, she's just... And then he ends up, like, barfing it up. She's just sipping her... After he barfs it up, mm -hmm. she's just sipping her miso soup. And it's just like, well, she didn't barf up the but greasy food. But it's also food. the way <laughs> she undoes the little pouch yeah, of the thing of it. and it's just heating so it up beautiful. with the water. It's you get to watch it. Like, it's very like British and like some cultures have that. Like the British culture because it's all about the teas, right? Like the yeah. tea and like the biscuits. They the drink a lot of tea, tea in the show. A lot of tea. I love tea too. But like I don't drink it in such a pretty way. And the same thing like Japanese, like they have all this like tea ceremony culture. So some cultures just have this like art in like a little moment of like just having a cup of tea or a biscuit or a little, you know, meal. And um, that's like makes it very British and cute. Yeah. So there's that happening, like with Robin, like just like realizing her powers, like it's almost like superhero discovering her powers, yep. right? Like she realizes that like she can make things happen that uh, Cormoran either doesn't want to or haven't hasn't figured out himself or doesn't have time to do. But at the same time, there's also this, of course, this case, and so there's a lot of people involved in this case, and we have like a few suspects. Yeah, th this case felt very much like clue this first season because 
it's kind of like when you're playing the game of Clue and there's all these different characters on the board and they're all kind of extravagant and they're all they're like royalty. a little royalty and some are rich. And so there's this beautiful townhome that the model has, quote, you know, or allegedly thrown herself from the rooftop of. So then you have the floors below her of everyone that lives in the building. And then you find out that you know, you've got the neighbors downstairs that their attorney also happens to be the attorney for her family. And the middle unit is rented by this, like, very well-known musician rapper um, <laughs> that just uh, wasn't there tool. at the time. And they're, like, moving in his stuff. So you have that. And then you have all the supermodels that you have to meet. And then, and of you course, have, you have the doorman. You have the doorman. Um, his story is... And he loves to take a little uh, dip in the pool yep. yes. when no one's watching. Yep. <laughs> They're missing out on the murder. Right. Yep. So he may have not been at his at his post during the one moment. Because there's that, only uh, one way in the building and one way out. And he sees right. everybody. And then um, then you have all the supermodels that Cormoran, um, you know, has to interview. And she's uh, the woman that passes away, you know, is so famous that if she goes in any stores then he's tracking her down at different stores where client or the people the sales reps you know were like oh yeah she just came in here and i heard that blah 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 so he's like anywhere she goes she's kind of like a he's following a kardashian sort of thing mm -hmm. um so you have a lot of people filling out the world and it's just it, it's it's fun it's a trip it, it's definitely cool in the sense of like the show is, this case of the season, is about the model. And J.K. Rowling really, like, kind of uses all of that that comes with it. You know, like, she, there's, like, one, I don't know if he's a suspect, but he provides all these clues as, like, the fashion designer guy, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. Geese, so, yeah, Geese yeah. Somay or something. He, like, Which reminds me of... Is guy some. Yeah. Right, it looks like yeah. Guy Sum is a spell. Yeah, he reminds me of a character from Zoolander, like sort of, oh, like a. He's just very over the top. Passionate and he designer does not have time for people to be interrupting his fabric cutting. The only thing that gets him to help is because they. This was funny. The, the his clothes that are not released yet were in this someone else's. Like he cares how this person got clothes that weren't released yet, so now he wants to help. Not that there's a dead person who was his yeah. model. But one of the suspects <laughs> is wearing his not like soon-to-be-released clothes, right. so he's like, hold up, that hasn't hit the market yet. How is okay, this person wearing it? Okay, now we need to figure it? this out. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's really well, you know, and funny model, and well-rounding him, and then the model has this, like, fanboy. adopted also. Well, that's true, yes. And, and that she, they, big adoption is a big part of, like, the yeah. Yeah. Almost like a misdirect of what's happening. So that's like why. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do a good job to say like, oh, it's this this guy, this black guy. Maybe he's the one. Right. Exactly. Jake and Rowling, I think, likes to you know use social issues like totally. a very subtle way in you know books, and I I love how she um, you know did her best at exploring race, class, gender in in this show. So. Because what happened emotionally to the girl that died, like she basically was about to meet her brother, brother. her real brother, biological yeah. brother, yeah. And he's caught on camera going up to her building, and so that's or, where... Or not going up to her building. Right. Um, cool, and so then, you know, just all this stuff is happening. Robin is 
using her psychology, you know, talents and the fact that she is a woman uh, okay. to connect with some of the suspects slash witnesses, like the ladies who do work yeah. in the fashion store. That's a great scene for her. It's a really she she doesn't need to she doesn't need Cormoran Cormoran for this for this. Uh, to get this information, she could do it herself. And she doesn't come off as a cop or a detective to these people. Uh, she comes off as just um, a gal, a, 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 a gal, a gal pal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so she uses that to her advantage in, in all of the seasons. Um, Something only a woman could probably do in a situation. The like second that. season, you know, she's able to. Uh, that's all about uh, an an author that that dies, and so oh, she's. Dealing with all of the the book world that, people. Oh, uh, that's one of her best moments in the second season. How she connects to this girl, Dodo. Dodo, and her name is Robin. And so they there's just this moment where Robin connects, and it's like we're both birds. But and Robin, it's just like, it, and that's what you. gets the girl to break down, and that's how she gets. And Robin's very empathetic, in. but then she's very strong with her emotions too. Because in the third season, some horrific things. Uh, happen and she definitely holds her own. And then Cormoran, you know, is dealing with this new relationship because he's finding himself caring for this person that's come into his life as a coworker. that he's developing into a really great detective and he's seeing that she's, you know, capable of doing things better than he is. Um, but then she brings out the good in him and He's obviously bringing out the good in her and making her a detective. And it, it's a really cool relationship, but we've always been like that with the, the Holmes and Watson relationships when they work so well. And it's just, it definitely happens in this series. It, it's a fun show. And the first season is literally three episodes. Each episode is an hour. The second season is two episodes. And the third season is two episodes. And it's just a whodunit watching Cormoran and Robin work well with each other. Robin coming into her own and then all these cool characters that you meet along the, the way for that particular case. But then you also see he has people on the outside, like once a cop that he's friends with that, you know, he's kind oh, yeah, of... the sort of cute guy in like a sort little of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he kind of looks I, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, he kind of yeah. looks yeah. like him. And he yeah. always wears this little yeah. tiny leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have like a cop look to me. No. Why should he? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of wiry built people in the show. Well, it's, it's, it's London. It's yeah, British. that's true. <laughs> what are you going to get? But then uh, Shanker is yeah, also Shanker's someone a that's character. a really cool character. And we do He's see him. He's basically a guy that when, season, when Cameron is in, has to go to like shady situations because he can't run, he can't really move. He has this guy who wants to, like, he pays him. But, like, is there to protect him, to kind of, like, make sure nothing happens? Shanker so. is kind of like a little bit of a mob guy where, like, you pay him and he'll do stuff. But yeah, he's got Cormoran's back. And the stories always seem to, even the plotty stuff, always seems to connect to his life personally. Like, whether it's about his mom, because, like, in third season, this one got this one awful suspect is, like, just brings up a lot of stuff with his mom that he needs to resolve on his own. People like to bring it up in his face. Yes, and it, yes. and it's he's got to work through some stuff about it because it's you know yeah it's a it was a tough relationship. And you see, in the second season, he uh, gets his brother, who's still a well-to-do. I think he's a musician because uh, he followed yeah. in in their 
dad's footsteps, or maybe they have the same mom. It's like, but I can't it, remember. Basically, it's like Chad, like Chad Smith of Chili Peppers has like ten kids with like seven women, and like yeah. he's infamously known for that. And so, this is basically the situation. It'd be like this. The so he met like, one of the siblings, and they have this really funny conversation about their dad, who is this like outlandish person. And they're like, well, you know. Not this, but they say, well, that's what it's like being one of his kids. It's cool. It's cool. cool. So how does this season one end, right? Like, like she does a great job, J.K. Rowling, at, like, delaying us for as long as possible the reveal of who really is the murderer. Because the whole time, you're made to feel like that it's probably the patriarch of, of the, the family. family, yeah, right. Who's and then you think maybe it's the black guy, and then you know her half brother, and then you find out it's oh, it, it is this guy. My ultimate suspicion. Okay, but that's not the end of the. That's that wouldn't be right. That's that or that wouldn't. That's not enough. J.K. has them in. He's a murderer, and you see his true murderer self when Cormum in such like he's always like. People are up here at a 10 or an 11 when they're talking to him, and he's always at a 5 or a 4. And he's always just talking like this. He's always just like, I know you're the murderer. I know da-da-da, da-da-da-da. And the guy takes a champagne bottle and hits him in the face with it, and they get in a fight. And then Robin comes and saves the day. Yeah. But they beat the shit out of each other. Like yeah. That's like yeah. where like I felt the Cinemax like... Really like the violence. Really yeah. yeah they, they've got great violence. stunt people. Ooh. I mean... It's like real violence. It's not like fake broadcast violence you know it's like it was banshee banshee yeah, level fight, absolutely which mm-hmm. is a compliment when we talk about action yes and one uh, thing that's so really cool i think about this show is it uh gives you those action moments um and the very beginning of this show as robin is coming up to his door cormoran has a fight with his Ex, the ex-girlfriend runs out the door, and he's up like a couple flights. And as he does it, uh, she runs past Robin, and Robin comes up the steps, and he comes out, and at the velocity to which he exits his door knocks Robin back to the point where Robin would have been dead within the thir- first twenty seconds of the TV show because she would have fallen down the staircase. And he grabs her, and it's like, oh. Are you ready for this ride of this show? Because this is what's going to happen. The, the no. uh, metaphor with that. And then at the end, she saves him yeah. in almost the same way, also with his leg. <laughs> his amputated well, leg. Well, that is true. So he's he's fighting with the murderer. Yeah. And the murderer, the, the murderer is winning. winning. And he's thrown Cameron's, Cormoran's leg through the glass door. Yeah. And she comes back for something because she thought of something or whatever it was. She had a God feeling. God yeah. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. and so she hears it, and she shoves his leg through the broken door and knocks the guy out. Basically, like, kicking him in the face, but with her sh- shoving it at him. <laughs> and then in this last season, there's a chase that, like, he is so, like, just his leg hurts so bad, so achy, that job. he's using a folding chair to walk across the street. And you just see that moment and that choice mm. by... You know, whether it's the director or the prop department to be like, he would just, if he's this, uh, you know, immobile, he would grab the chair to like and help we see him. see the stump a couple He's so times. strong. He's just such a strong And it makes him person. more endearing and you root for him. 
Right. So he, the actor is obviously able-bodied, right? Yes. Correct. He is an able-bodied um, actor, so I'm not quite. I would love to know how they do some of the scenes because you can tell they bring in another actor uh, for some of the up close on the leg scenes, and it's probably where you don't body see, double yeah, something. body double. Yeah. But there is a few moments where he is sitting on the edge of his bed or a chair, and he's just running, uh, rubbing different ointment on his leg. CGI. Yeah. Yeah. But I always have to say the actor doesn't overdo. Like, no, it's very nuanced. Like there's like a small change in his walk mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis, you know, and until he starts running, you don't really see. And there uh, is a. I'm not sure if it's in the yeah. first season. No, it's in the second season. He actually peeks over a hedge like or a gate, and as he comes down, he jumps, and he's like, I'm okay, and he says to Robin, but as he lands, the leg doesn't give, like like a, um, a leg with Ugh. muscles and bone, like how it, and it just crams into the last, into his into joints, his, into his into joints. His joint, and right? you just feel that moment, and uh, it's it's really well done, and then she takes him to a pub, and they go have a beer because they do drink a lot of beer in pubs in the show. It's UK. It's yeah. totally bad. cool. So there's a lot of mystery shows out there. Do you watch a lot of mystery yeah. Donna shows? And if you do, why does this one stand out? There was a night where we were we would blast through like three of these. And then we would be like, you know, it's pandemic, so what, like time doesn't matter. It's just a construct. So we're like, well, let's watch a Killing Eve. <laughs> I I'm love Killing Eve. I love Judy Comer's one of my favorite actresses too. But the thing, the thing uh, that I don't love about Killing Eve dun, is dun, dun. Sandra Oh is just so too much. She is you so. You here first. She is, <laughs> she is so too much. She brings me out of it every time. I just, it's come to the point where I only want to see Constantine and Judy Comer scenes. Like that's the only thing I want. You it never is, have that with the CB Strike. The thing for me is this is why I like cop dramas and detective shows um, and procedurals. It, it mostly comes down to procedurals. I'm not a big fan of dramas that continue for courses of seasons where it's just this like, what, things feel manipulated. I like it to be wrapped up. And my favorite show, I love 24. And 24 was the type that like, yes it was, but it wasn't 24 episodes. You knew it was gonna be done. And like, they wrapped up. I loved Southland. And Southland, it, it just, these procedurals, and they come in and they get to the gritty and they're out, but when they're believable, and they're grounded acting, and I don't feel taken out of it because someone's being melodramatic Melodrama. or over the top, oh, then I'm in. And she these two characters on CB Strike are so well-grounded, and their world is. No one is over the top. Yeah, like the melodrama, Like I think that's why I stopped like, watching Walking Dead, and I don't know if it's- 100%, you know, it's like too much. We were like, too much melodrama, and why are they so pretty? Yeah, Zombie it's the end of the world, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's yeah. it's funny, but like one of our other favorite shows that none of our friends watch, which is on the CBS, is The Rookie, and everyone is really grounded for the CBS Ooh, talk about show. Action. But like, that's got a lot of action. CBS has put Stunts. a lot of money in it. But like, in in regarding our our other show, Strike Back, our love, even if some of the actors were over the top, whether or not they were like fake accents and in typical Cinemax, the action was real. Like you. 
that was the so believable. The crazy. stunts were awesome, and you were just in it. Um, so at least that made up for so it. So like, but this is why we like it. Is that CB Strike is grounded? It's real. The, the characters you don't hate because they're so over the top and like, well, I can't handle this. Like when that happens in a show, I'm like, I, I can't, and I fast forward. You're not waiting for the Jodie Comer scenes. You know what I mean? Like you love every scene of it. Constantine. I mean, they're fantastic. Really Constantine and her, it's. They're unbelievable. Like Although she, there are some other characters in yes, now that I really like. Yes, like, now they've opened up the world a little bit, and I am loving. But e at times everything it's but her. just a little. I mean, there's a there's a time know. where she got mad and she literally threw a drink off the table like in a big swooping action. I'm like, come on. Is there anything you guys want to add about the show? Is there anything we haven't talked about before we get to the ratings? I'm. I'm I, think, I would say people just know that it's a small time commitment. It's a fun whodunit. You're going to like the acting. You're going to like the writing. Oh, and cinematography. If you're like me, sometimes you have to pause it, rewind to go, what did they just say? Oh, because yeah. that, sometimes that the is... accents are, you know, so thick that I'm like, oh, this is so real because like I don't I have no idea what they just said. Not put on accents. They're actual British mm -hmm. and Cockney and whatever, uh, Liverpool, whatever side of the pond they're from, <laughs> is so thick and authentic. We like trying to guess what it is. Because <laughs> I like, what do you think it is? And she'll go, what do I think it is? Yeah, uh, let's, let's do a quick rating of the show. So I'll start. Uh, on this podcast, as you've done this before, each of us creates a 10-point scale, which is up to like the person what they do with the scale um you find a similar show that uh is high up on the scale and you rate the show we're talking about against that so i actually don't know what is like the high show for this for me but i will take the very you know popular aforementioned uh killing Eve because everybody loves the show people are talking about it non-stop and I, like, I don't know, it's just one of those shows I did never watch the past the pilot. But I, I suspect that it might have to, have to do with the spy, like, Russian people, spy. Yeah, you, you would not, not like it. You would yeah. not. Like, because I just see the things that I'm like, although she does have an amazing accent, Will McLaughlin, former, former guest, he loves to check with me about every single TV show where they have Russian accent and, like, check with me because we had a conversation. Oh, so you like her accent? She has a great accent. It's un she's un. Believable, worth the well, price of admission. Her, her like yeah. mentor comes in in this season. Dasha. Her name is Dasha, <laughs> and I'm curious. Like I, I, yeah. But I, uh, I think hers is pretty good, so I would be curious. And of course, she was a gymnast. Her mentor, of course. Yeah, so. I mean, everybody in Russia right? is a tennis player. And then she's <laughs> tennis player, gymnast, war criminal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's yes. that sex walker. I meant to say prostitute. But I think because of the whole like spy, Russian women spy, like it's just like the Americans never like did it for me because of that. So I would give it a seven to Killing Eve, and you know what? I'll take the show and actually give it like seven point five. Like I like the show a little bit more than I still like a lot Killing Eve, and I would watch the show way before, so maybe an eight, um, than I watch Killing Eve. I I do like like a clean. Mystery. Yeah, and mm -hmm. there's like this elements of J.K. Rowling that, like I mentioned before, like small, cozy, or like how we, you talked about 
just giving away a little bit in each scene mm -hmm. without ever like a floating. And then in the second season, it's just all wizards. So it's definitely... <laughs> oh, <man>. spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, this is the best. Hermione's yeah. star. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think. What about that, you guys? For me, the the rating I would say is. I mean, we've. I am not someone that gives shows a second chance. I just she don't. Is. I or people you. Cut or me wrong, or restaurants, <laughs> or government. And then yeah. you'll just save that for the next podcast. It's my We're list. We're all moving to Canada. <laughs> the thing that's funny about me is like a lot of people are like, oh, she's so sweet. She's, you know, positive and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, oh there's mean. like this other side that the very close friends are like, and Tracy's done with you or that or whatever it is. I will stand up from a show that Howie is watching, and I'm like, nope, I'm out. I don't want to watch this. And I have walked out of movies. Even if I've spent $20 or $40 or whatever, it's my time. And so the fact that I gave CB Strike the not only the second episode of the first season, but then I went in for the second season and third season and now have watched it yeah. yet a twice, I would, I would rank this in, my, in the nines. I love the acting. I, I just really love the characters. And although maybe that first season you kind of see who it is, they stretch it out over three episodes, but not in a meandering way where it you know, takes away from the storyline. But the second season is really cool. There's different. It's so different. And then this third season is so, it comes home to both characters of Robin and to Cormoran. And uh, so I, I would rank this in, in the nines because of it. That's interesting. Yeah. That's super high up. It is high. Yeah. I, I just like oh. it. I, um, my, my barometer for this would probably be, if it's I'm higher. going against Killing Eve, I, I would put it up there. Yeah, I'd put it. Because I, I, I know going into Killing Eve, I'm, okay. there, she's going to bother me. I know, I know that I'm not going to like Sandra Oh at some point in this. Oh, so the fact that I don't know any of these people that are, I, I've never I had to look all of them up and we pause it all the time. So I'm like, that I'll day, like to me too, it's the best. Oh, I like, I'm like, who's that barista in this scene? She was good. <laughs> she had personal good. life? What's their personal yeah. life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instagram? Scroll? Going no. to Instagram, following out, yeah. see who their friends are, then DMing everybody. Hey, you guys want to be friends? <laughs> oh, slide I, into those DMs. Yeah. That's all I do all day. I, I'd give it a strong eight and a half to nine. Yeah. Eight and a half yeah. and Killing Eve. To nine. Eve. Oh, Killing Eve, I'd, Killing Eve, I'd give like an, an eight. And this, right. I'd give it so eight and a half to nine. Than yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, great, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. We'll have to do this again soon. Yes. Yeah. This. Yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? I know it's slow time, but maybe something's happening. Uh, mm. Oh, we, we will be releasing a short film. So at oh, some yeah. point, everyone can click it's, that link. It's like the pandemic happened, and um, we just have to do this like a little bit of ADR. But how do you do ADR, like, not in the room? Like, I wanted to do it in the room, but you can't do that because people, it's unsafe. So we're, like, waiting on these, like, three lines of ADR to, like, lock it and stuff and be done. So, but, yeah, at some point we will have a, a new short film that I wrote and directed. It's my second one. What's and it called? It's called JK. And it's basically a, an JK office. Role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring uh, you back, baby. Yep. And, uh, what is it about? It's a, an office uh, dispute gets settled on the baseball field, and Tracy is the lead. Your other career with the, yep with my and and Tim Joe <laughs> is in it and he's from This Is Us and oh, amazing and a bunch of other 
The uh, Neighbors. The Neighbors and yeah. a bunch of other, Pitch, and a bunch of other good shows. And Rebecca Johnson from Glow is in Amazing. it. And Ali Liebegott from Transparent. She's great. Um, so It's fun. And it's, it's super all, fun. And it's, it's a straight under comedy. under 10 minutes ish. Nine and right, and right. Minutes. Yeah, see, there you go. Super, <laughs> People get murdered in that. Um, no, but there is some fighting. Emotionally murdered. Emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for music. Thank you, Jay Hunter, for production support. And thank you for listening.